Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. It's Doug Cunnington here, and in this episode, I chat with Marty McLeod, who is a frequent guest, and I want to thank Marty a lot for always being open to join me and talk shop about affiliate marketing and all the details, the deep, deep details. And in this episode, we talk about low competition informational keywords, which in a lot of ways are sort of like hidden gems. Now, they're often not directly going to make money for you, not usually. And with a low competition, a lot of times that actually implies low search volume. So double whammy, they're informational. They're not directly related to making sales or anything like that. However, it's very valuable to have content on your site that is ranking in Google, and it's very nice to have traffic on your site. So in those couple ways, it's, it's valuable. But when you're looking at the, the grand scheme of things on how you're prioritizing your time and effort and resources, you may ignore these low competition and informational keywords. In this discussion, Marty and I talk about like finding these keywords why should you even like go for them at all? And I will point out as well, this discussion is based on a, a post that Marty wrote for me for Niche Site Project. So I highly encourage you to check out the original post because there are some images. There are you know a little bit deeper explanation. And obviously, Marty did a, a fine job putting his thoughts together for the blog post and sometimes in an interview, especially with something a little bit more technical like this, it's, well, number one, hard for me to ask the right questions sometimes. And in other ways, it's just a little bit more difficult to like show uh, when we're using our words here. So if you actually go check out the images, check out the blog post, it can fill in a few gaps, and there are a few more details in there that we didn't exactly mention or go over. With that said, let's talk to Marty now. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here, and I am joined again by my friend Marty McLeod. How are you today? Good. This interview, we are going to talk about low competition informational posts. And Marty, you've had pretty good success with this on your site, correct? Yes, absolutely. And uh, currently, you're making about three thousand per month, right? So it's right. no, it's no right. fluke. You've been doing this for a little while. Yeah. Um, so, can you just like introduce us to the concept of like low competition informational posts for people that don't know what we're talking about? Sure. So there, that's one of the, you're taking advantage of, of a keyword opportunity that a lot of sites out there ignore because they, they tend to focus almost always on buyer keyword posts and they're not really interested in providing anything that's helpful to the reader that people by and large are searching for answers to. And this is exactly what we do. We take advantage of that. And in some cases, there's very little to, to even zero competition out there and it makes it very easy to rank in the top 10. Okay. And did you, when you first started your site, did you publish like a lot of these? Like, was that on your radar or it just happened organically? It happened organically. Uh, when I got better at the keyword process, I knew that it was important to have some information to post, but I got better at evaluating keywords that I thought I could rank for. And also I looked outside of just 250 per month and, and below search volume. 
And, I, and in a few cases, I found some that were higher than that. And that's, I gave them a shot. And I even remember debating about, should I do this or not? Turn out, it paid off in spades. Awesome. And yeah. do you have a, I didn't ask you this ahead of time, but do you have a handle like the percentage of traffic that you get that goes to your informational type post versus your affiliate review kind of post? Yeah, gosh, I bet it's, let's see, man, it's probably at least 25%. Okay. You know? Yeah. Or it could be higher now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So about 25% yeah. they're going to the informational post. Yep. Very cool. And I guess, do you like sort of like make any money from these posts? Like do you um, put affiliate links in there? I do put them in there uh, where it makes sense. And I try to provide it in a way that uh, it comes across as natural. Uh, it so happens from data I've seen, they don't seem to convert really well. I've gotten seen somewhere around 1%. When I was doing other stuff that happened to show me that data, so I wouldn't focus on them being a good way to get buys, clicks and buys. Uh, there is a little bit. I, I feel like every little bit counts. So why not take advantage of it? Sure. But on the whole, I don't do it for that reason. Okay. Well, that leads me to the next question. Why would you do this? <laughs> like we're trying to make money here. So why are you wasting your time? You know, I, I, I noticed that it. some people do move from that post to others, buyer posts, and it it there are several good reasons why it gives an impression of authority dry it, it helps the overall site traffic and it i, I believe I, I suspect that it helps my site on the whole in google's eyes but i can't prove that at this point but it's it definitely from the, the way that people respond with messages and comments it they they're really appreciative and they, I think that they also, sometimes they share it and your site will get the benefit of that too. If it's a really good, a really good post, it gets shared and you'll get links back, links back to it too. Okay. There's, there's a number of reasons why you could, you would do that. Cool. And that's my observation too. I mean, you, if you can get any traffic on your site, that's great. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the other advantage, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get to in a second here, um, and go a little bit deeper is like you can link from those posts to other posts. Like you said, people will navigate around your site. Not many, but some will. However, you can get like a nice uh, like on-site SEO advantage by placing those interlinks through your site. So do you do that on your informational posts? Yeah, definitely. I sure do. Okay. And do you have a handle on like how many like links you put on an informational post, like linking out? I link about two to three times to authoritative sources. Uh, And then I have one to two, usually I have about one to two at the bottom to uh, somewhat related post on my own side, you know? Okay. So only, only one or two. Yeah. You want to, well, maybe three, maybe three to four in a few cases where it makes sense. Yeah. Where, Where it's relevant. Yeah. Gotcha. So now that hopefully people are at least a little bit convinced on the value of like having like visitors on your site that maybe aren't going to buy anything, which I think we can agree. It's not a bad thing to have visitors on your site. How do you find these keywords? Uh, I went through the usual KGR uh, keyword going ratio keyword research process. And then I, I instead of filtering out at above uh, 250 per month and below, I kept uh, I kept the remainder of them and I just go through and look at them manually. And if there's some in there that looks like that it poss- might be a good idea to go after, I'll go and check them manually in Google and see what I'm up against. Check the all. I, I do the usual all entitled data and what have you to, to know what I'm dealing with. And 
what I find is a lot of times, if there is anything out there, it may be teeny tiny, just a couple paragraphs, if even that much, or it could be a junk keyword site, or they're not really actually creating a real post answer. And if, if I see that, uh, then then I know I, I probably stand a very good shot of it, ranking very well for it. Gotcha. And have you, do you have any like, um, examples, not that you would mention them here, but like, have you been able to like outrank like much bigger sites, um, with way more authority just because you were providing like better information for the searcher? It has happened a few cases. Yeah. I, I'm not sure why sometimes, uh, sites that are only service providers and not actually an affiliate site outrank me, but I'm right up there with them. And sometimes I've been above them all. I've been, I'm number one many times, quite a few times on number one, actually. So yeah, definitely. Interesting. But, but, yeah. It's, and I, I should add that I didn't just put just any old thing up there. It's because I had a high quality post that that's definitely contributes heavily to that. Okay. And <clears throat> you write all the content yourself yeah. currently, right? Currently I do. Okay. And it, just to, I guess, like provide evidence that it's high quality, right? So you're doing it yourself. You're not even hiring someone else. You've done like start to finish the keyword research. You know what the competition is supplying. You have an understanding of the searcher and what they're looking for. Yeah. So you're really able to give like some of the best results for that query, right? Yes. Okay. Do you have tips for people that... um you know, maybe they're trying to approach it themselves as far as writing it uh, and understanding like how long it should be, like um, what kind of content to actually put in there. Like they found a, mm-hmm. a term that they think is good, but where do they take it from there? Yeah. So this actually relates to the topic of optimizing for, with using secondary keywords as well as uh, just g- g- general good content practices. So as far as length goes, let's say you might expect it to be 1500 to, to 2000 words depending on the sections you need what i do is i take the focus keyword which a lot of times can be answered in just two three paragraphs even which seems too short but what i do is i go through my keyword list of relevant uh keywords that sometimes are questions sometimes are just other little bits and pieces that they're relevant and will add value to the post i'll put those in there too and i'll add those secondary keywords, and that will have its own section, another H2 section. After I have a handful of those, by the time you're all set, it's all said and done, I've, I've answered the original question clearly. That's very important. And then I have additional relevant questions or ideas that I also answer clearly as well. So I have a, a whole post, information to post. That add, that it's all delivering value and inf- providing information to the reader. And you should also make sure you answer the question clearly. Don't make it super hard to find an answer. And they, it seems that people, even if you, uh, at this point now, sometimes I answer the, the original keyword. If it's a question, I answer it at the top, even with a little colored text box. It seems that they still, typically people still stay on the page and keep going down reading. And I use good images where I need to. If I need to make a diagram, I do a good job of that to help make it as clear as possible. And I, I use a table of contents as well. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And we will have another episode, by the way, everyone, uh, on secondary keywords and using them and all that sort of thing. So we glossed over a little bit here. That's intentional because we want you to listen to the other episode. Yeah. So keep an eye out for it. Now, um, I think you brought up a great point 
around just answering the damn question. Yeah. You know? Cause some yeah. people I, I've definitely landed on sites where, you know, I'll make up an example, like what's the elevation of like Denali, right? It's something like 20,000 feet. But like, if you hit a, if you hit a result and they're like just going on and on and they wrote 4,000 words and they, you can't find the answer. Yeah. It's very frustrating. You just need yeah. the answer, you know? So I think you, I mean, you're doing exactly the right thing. Like what, what I would want to see an answer, like the most concise answer you can give probably in one to two sentences. And then after that, embellish it all you want. You can mm-hmm. talk about whatever you want, all the surrounding area around Denali, um, which is all very interesting if someone's looking that up, but you want to like give them the answer without forcing them to like search everywhere. Cause they're, they're going to bounce. They'll, they'll bounce if you don't answer the question clearly. So plus you got voice search out there and um, like a voice search result can't really work if it's so many words, you know, if it's too long. So great point around that. Okay. So let's say, um, you have a a handful of keywords, you figured out how to write it. Um, do you just like publish it and get it out there? Or do you have some sort of method to publish in like clusters of content that match up with maybe some of your product affiliate reviews or something? Um, um, once I'm once I've got it all finished, did, did my spell checking and what have you, proofreading, I usually think about what my relevant. I don't do clusters currently or anything, but I usually I do. What if I'm using a term correctly? I, I do think about what are the relevant posts that people might be interested in that I can link to from within this post, and I'll put that in there. Sometimes it's the middle of the content, like for talking about something, and there's a product that's related to that. I'll say. Yada, 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 like in this something, something, this product XXX I reviewed here. And that's a good opportunity for a link. And at the bottom, typically, it says, if you're also interested in solving this problem, check out my great post about the best five XXs for, for Ys. And you might, what if that's not what you need? Then check out this post for blah, 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 okay. and so forth. Okay, cool. And I think, um, I think the quote clusters of content. Uh, people use different terms. Like okay. I think a, like a physical silo um, is not so effective anymore, but having like a, a cluster of content or a virtual uh, silo, I heard uh, Kyle Roof mention that a couple of weeks okay. ago, uh, but just that interlinking in an intentional way seems to be really helpful. So um, yeah, I guess there's no question there just to pepper on on top of that. So um, is there anything else that you think would be helpful around these informational posts? Um, maybe if someone's like not sure if they should even spend time on it. Um, you know what? Originally, they, some of my best, my top posts, including one of them that sounds like is that one of the dumbest ideas you, should, you could write about. And you, most people will ignore it. Don't, don't underestimate those because one of those for me is it's as of now, it's nearly 10,000 visitors per month that one post. <laughs> and it's just about what, what setting should I set my XX to product? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. And, or what is a, this product, this item, what is this stuff like that? It seems so dumb. It seems like you can't write a good post about it, but if you follow the other ideas I said about 
we're, we're going to talk about later about secondary keywords, adding more relevant, useful sections of content, you can do it. I just be open-minded. Um, try take the keyword and see if there are some other re related ones that you can use to go along with it. And if you can find, uh, say, a handful, maybe five or six of those, and you do a good job of trying to honestly put down good content in your post, you'd be surprised what you can do. So I wouldn't be too, too quick to say, if it's not fancy, then you shouldn't do it. No, it's it's the really trivial stuff that a lot of people aren't looking for answers to. That's That, that was a really good learning lesson for me. It yeah. really was. And I can <clears throat> attest to that as well. Uh, even on like Niche Site Project, I put a whole lot, probably like 20 to 30, like frequently asked questions, which again, like you mentioned, ah, it seems to, you know, easy, right? It seems like people should just be able to go and look this up. There's already information out there, but inevitably when I published all those, like the number of keywords that I ranked for, like doubled, like it, it was insane. And I was like, oh, the search volume on those, we're getting into another topic here, but like the search volume on those was literally zero. Like I wrote oh, them because I know people were like wondering about it, but like no one's searching for it because it's so obscure. I mean, internet yeah. marketing and Amazon affiliate sites, like it's such a small little piece of like the world. Like most people don't know <laughs> what we're doing or what we're talking about. So no one's really searching for this stuff, but yeah, I get a lot of traffic to very basic stuff, purely informational and I can't make any money directly from it. But like you said, Google probably likes your site. People are understanding that you have like authoritative and helpful information. So very, very good, good point there. All right, cool. So um, we'll, we'll do a quick highlight. So Highlight reel. So when you are doing keyword research, um, keep an eye out for these informational posts that are potentially very low competition. You can use the keyword golden ratio sort of as a guide. Yeah. Yeah. And that's generally how you were <clears throat> looking for them, right? Yeah. Uh, once it, once it was over 250 search volume per month, I, I just went ahead and looked at the all in town of values. And then I manually looked to see where things stood. Okay. For example, what happened was a lot of cases, it was uh, even is, say, 10 all entitled value or t zero to 10. That's extremely low. And that's that's I would say that's optimal. And I, I again, I go and look and see what's already out there. But if I search for that term and if it's basically coming up with very little, then that's usually a green light. Okay. Yeah. And secondary question on that. So. <laughs> If you have, let's say you have a list of, I don't know, 200 keywords that generally fit the criteria mm -hmm. um, and you have a range of like zero search volume to let's just say 500, give us a little more leeway here. How do you prioritize that? Do you go for the higher search volume terms or you go for the lower ones? I generally, I mean, it is nice to go for the higher ones. I, I know that doesn't happen as often. I, if I tend to look at those in you can once you get a little bit of experience under doing it, you can tell if if it's worth bothering even without some of those or not. But after that, I try to go start going downward because even if it's like only if it's less than some of them might be eighty or hundred, I'm still pretty happy with that most of the time. Because again, as you were saying earlier, uh, in in some of the stuff things you've written on your articles, you you mentioned how you're going to build up traffic not solely just for that, but for the other things. It'll it'll tend to bend up, build up you get more searcher, more visitors than you, you knew it, you anticipated originally, you know? Yes. 
I, I try not to start off at the bottom at okay. this point. Yeah. Gotcha. It, if um, unless there's a if it's something that is really unique, I probably will. But I'm going to add secondary keywords that are related to helping drive more traffic because of those. You know. Right. Cool. <clears throat> and then uh, a couple other things you mentioned. So write good content, of course. Try to answer the question quickly. Yeah. Um, use images and diagrams and stuff to break up the te- text, yeah. maybe even infographics. Infographics. Oh, yeah, that's right. I almost forgot about that. Okay. I do those in Canva. Okay, so you do infographics in Canva, yeah. which is a free tool, or do you pay yep. f- for any of the still, – Still using the free version, yeah. Okay. Canva's great if people haven't used it. It's very easy to use. I use the free version too. I've paid for a couple things here and there, but like um, you could use the free version and do just about everything you need to. So I do my YouTube thumbnails there, um, which is probably like the heaviest lifting as far as graphics go that I get into. So, and like I mentioned, we will be doing a whole episode on secondary keywords, but that's important too. And you, you mentioned it, like put in those secondary keywords, subheadings, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I I don't worry about the search volume in that case or any of that. All right. Well, I think we're coming towards the end here. Um, if people are interested, there's actually a blog post that Marty wrote uh, over at Niche Site Project. We'll put a link in the description and all that stuff. So, um, Marty, any final sort of thoughts on these informational, very low competition posts? Yeah, just uh, don't filter out your keyword research limits by 250 and below. Allow yourself a high volume within reason. And just look long and hard to see if there's something there. Think about, think, keep, stay open-minded and think in terms of opportunity. If you do that, I think you're going to, you're going to have success, you know. Cool. Very good. And I think uh, I'll just highlight one thing you mentioned before and related to what you just mentioned. Like you saw a keyword and you thought, hey, I'm not sure, but why don't we try it? And it's like, there's no harm to try. I mean, you're writing your own content. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, so it took you some time, but then you're getting like 10,000 visitors. A, did you say a month? Yeah, almost almost 10 at this point for just that one post and one info post. That's crazy. Yeah, it, over time, it's increased more and more and more and more. Awesome. Yeah. So cool. Well, thanks, Marty. Really appreciate it. And uh, you. We'll catch you on the next episode. Okay. Thanks again to Marty. Really appreciate the time. And I will point you in the direction of the other podcast that I did with Marty. So Marty did interviews with me, success story interviews, some of the most popular kind of content that I I publish here. And it was when he hit $500 a month, $1,000 a month, and $3,000 a month. So, you know, not only is, uh, Marty just a nice guy and very helpful, but he's uh, you know practicing what he's preaching and he's you know sharing the stories, sharing his experience, and sharing the knowledge like in a real way. After he has you know tested an idea, gotten results, and then he can sort of distill it down into something way more useful for us. So thanks to Marty, and those are a few episodes you should definitely check out.
If you're brand new to The Doug Show, I'm glad that you, you know, took the time to listen. You should definitely, you know, check out the rest of the episodes. I highly encourage you to go check out the YouTube channel as well. A lot of times I will rebroadcast uh, different pieces of uh, these interviews and stuff. But the really golden thing over on the YouTube side is I do live streams a bunch and you can see um, me answer questions live, which is always a little bit scary. I don't know what people are going to ask. So those are pretty cool. Additionally, there are just a bunch of tutorials. Sometimes it's like an over the shoulder kind of screen sharing situation. Other times it's just a talking head where you get to see me in live action, my bald head, my freckled face. And, uh, you know, sometimes I don't shave. Most of the time I don't shave. So you should check it out if, now that I'm saying it, I don't know why you would find that appealing. But if you do find that appealing, you should check out the YouTube channel. Uh, If you just search Doug Cunnington and YouTube, it should come up. Uh, It should be the top top thing that uh, pops up there. So anyway, that's enough rambling for now. Have a great day. We'll catch you on the next episode.